Hello, everyone, and welcome to the football podcast that takes more breaks than the Kit Kat bar in the huddle. I am Damian Miller, and joining me is my co-host, as always, Michael Phillips. Michael, it is good to be back. Finally, we had to take almost a month off of recording. It's been ridiculous. Yeah, uh, I've missed this so much after being in the hospital and, you know, you having work and then both of us having school. It's great to be back, actually. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, holy crap, that last month class that we had, Jesus, I don't think I could have ever, ever imagined that it would take that long to do so little homework. See, here's the thing. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to take that class over because of how long I was in the hospital for. Oh, I probably will too. Like, because the first assignment was due while I was in Rhode Island and I really didn't have Wi-Fi there, so I couldn't do it. And my teacher who said they would give me an extension never did. Yep. He didn't give me an extension. I medically had an excuse. So, uh, yeah, it's been full sale. Oh, buddy, this last month, full sale. You have dropped the ball a little bit in one area, but you have picked it up with me in a couple other ones. And we'll get to that later on. Because we've had some massive, massive news in the NFL that we must get to. Uh, Week three in the NFL just confirmed that this whole NFL season is completely fucked. Um, (laughs) It's okay. I had a Facebook memory the other day. Uh, Shout out to Facebook for reminding me about my dumb ex-girlfriend. But um, I had a Facebook memory for week three of last season. Just as fucking weird. I know. It's crazy because, like, you think, like, everybody is, like, jumping up in arms. Oh, are the Patriots done because they're one and two? Like, the AFC East is being led by the undefeated Dolphins. Let that one sink in, and then let's move on. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The the Raiders and the Gruden Grinders, bruh. Uh, They are 0-3. The Chiefs are apparently outscoring every fucking team in the NFL. Um, Patrick Mahomes is outscoring every fucking team in the NFL. (laughs) Yes. Not only that, but the Browns should be leading the AFC North at three and oh, uh, don't even get me started on. Okay. Zane had Zane Gonzalez just been a competent fucking kicker. Blair Walsh is no longer the subject of a man named chiseled Adonis. It is Zane Gonzalez. Put your motherfucking head back down. Because the Browns should be three and oh. Let's put that into perspective. The Browns, the unwinless Browns, like the winless Browns cannot defeat a fucking team. Browns should be three and oh right now. Yep. They should be leading their division. They should be leading their division. And we will get to the reason that they did win their first game in 600 and some odd days, 652 days, I do believe. Thank God Bud Light has been able to open the coolers and they are partying like Stone Cold Steve Austin in Cleveland. They are double fisting and pouring down their heart. <laughs> uh, I do believe the number I have it right here is 635. 635, 652, yes. same difference. It has been two fucking years. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been too long. But um so yeah. I I don't know where you want to hop into this. Uh if you want to get right into uh Mr. Levion, I don't feel like playing for the Steelers anymore, Bell, or um, you know what? Let's start there. Let's start there. I have a big old thing with Le'Veon Bell. Just fucking trade him. Just trade him. Okay, and that's – okay, I like that you're going this route because I have the same – obviously, they're taking trade offers. 
where do you see Le'Veon Bell wanting? Or I know where, like he said, where he wants to go. But where do you think he's going to end up going? I think he's going to end up where everybody else thinks he's going to end up, Indianapolis. I think the exact same thing, and I, I, I don't know. I obviously I think he'll do okay in Indy, but their offensive line is nothing like the Steelers. I mean, yeah, it's nothing like the Steelers, but there was a question that was brought up on the Pat McAfee show that I, I kind of wanted to get your take on as well. Is Le'Veon Bell a system running back? Because right now we see his replacement, James Conner, coming in, double fade and all, um, just killing it. James Conner has been a he, – he's been a more than capable replacement for Lev Bell. Um, granted he coughed up the, uh, the football and won the Tom Brady Butterfinger of the year award, um, which had he kept the ball, the Browns would have never been able to tie that game. So you think now James Connor is, he's one of the better running backs in the NFL. Statistically, I do believe. And a big, big bitch Ben has apparently said, fuck you, Mason Rudolph and fuck you, Josh Dobbs. I'm going to come out here and throw for 400 yards a game because he's doing just that. But the Steelers have a pretty good system for running backs. So now does Le'Veon Bell need a similar system to succeed or is he just that damn good? And I tend to believe he's just that damn good, but I'll get your take on it. Um, I, I mean, obviously I think he's a talented running back cause you have to be, to, to be that good. Um, I just think he's used to the system that the Steelers have, so I think he'll fall off a little bit going to Indianapolis, but I'm sure once he, you know, gets used to how Indy runs things, I'm sure he'll get back to exactly how he was with Pittsburgh. Now, here's my, here's another question. I brought it up at work. Um, I think it was yes, yesterday we were talking about the Le'Veon Bell situation because it had come out Sunday night that um, – that he was looking that or the Steelers were taking offers or Sunday morning. It came out. Adam Schefter reported it of ESPN um, pretty much said that Le'Veon Bell is uh, or the Steelers are taking trade offers for Le'Veon Bell. Do you think that we see one of the very rare three team trades to make this go through? I say that because right now, if you're a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers who are trying to get rid of Le'Veon Bell, you don't want nothing for him, so you're not going to take like a, a a Cleveland Brown seventh round pick, like they did for Josh Gordon, or a fifth round pick like they did for Josh Gordon, or a seventh round for um, Corey Coleman. But you're also not going to get a top name star. So now, do you think that maybe, just maybe, you see a three team trade where like a team shifts off a draft pick to one team? And then that team sends both of those draft picks to the Steelers. And then the Steelers send left bell to the second team. And then the second team shifts off like a defender to the first team or something along those lines. Do you think that maybe we get like an NBA situation where they do a three team trade? Um, I mean, I could see that happening, uh, especially if he's going to Indy. Cause I don't really see that many players from Indy that, I mean, I don't really, yeah, I don't really see any players from Indy that could make a direct trade with draft picks to Pittsburgh. Um, so, yeah, I would say a three-way trade is definitely possible. Yeah, because that seems like that would be the most logical sense right now, just because 
of where Pittsburgh is. They're one, one, and one. Um, and I'm looking at the standings for the AFC North. It's funny to me. The Browns have the second are um, have the second least amount of points against in the division, and the least points for. But yet they're still sitting at a at a record of one one and one. And the reason that they're sitting there at one one and one, that first win comes on the back of somebody else that we're going to talk about now is Baker Mayfield. Baker I Mayf- love Baker Mayfield. I love Baker Mayfield I, so much. I do too. I think that um, coming in, you, everybody knew when we did our draft episode, I said Josh Allen should have been the number one quarterback. And we'll talk about him coming down the line um, later on in the episode. But I thought that Josh, um, Josh Allen should have been the number one quarterback. But seeing now, we've seen Baker Mayfield come in. He had a better half of football than Andrew Luck has had in two games. Andrew Luck has has not gone over 200 passing yards in two games, and Baker Mayfield did that in a half <laughs> um, and gave Cleveland its first win. So now everybody's jumping onto the Baker train. I'm on the Baker train. I think Baker Mayfield is composed. He's a leader. I watched Hard Knocks with him this year, and he was fantastic on there. Anytime I saw him on there, he looked like he belonged in the NFL. So I think that now they have officially announced, even though we all knew by Monday, Baker Mayfield was going to be the starting quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, Hugh Hugh Jackson saying, I'll have to look at the tape. Bullshit. Yeah, bro, you saw the tape. You, You told Tyrod to just say sitting down. Because as far as I know, Tyrod was cleared to come back in that game. Oh, I that's what I heard, but I I have to look that up here. But yeah, uh, I I had heard that Tyrod was cleared to come back, and Hugh Jackson said, "Let's go with the hot hand." Baker let him down to down a drive. They kicked the field goal, and he said, "Okay, well, we've scored points with them." Tyrod was struggling before Baker came in this year. Um, I don't think he had over two hundred passing yards in a game at all the regular season. And he was struggling that game. I think he was like two for nine with 37 passing yards. Like he has, he was struggling and Baker comes in and says, I'm going to put the team on my back, pulls out a nice little Philly special and catches a, uh, catches a two point conversion. Um, I, I mean, is that what we're going to see a lot more of now is dual threat quarterbacks who are actually able to run and catch a football because we've seen Cleveland's done it. Philly did it again uh, earlier this year in the first game of the season. Um, and there was one more team that did it too that pulled out the the quarterback as a wide receiver. Do you think that maybe that's where the NFL is going just because now you see guys coming out of the wildcat formation? Is that where like a Levar, uh, Lamar Jackson could find himself being too with Joe Flacco? Yeah, well, that's what the Ravens are doing. They are having Lamar Jackson do – dual threat type plays when Joe Flacco is not in. And they've done that a couple different times uh, this season and it's worked out. Okay. Um, But I was actually having discussion discussion similar to this with my roommate. And I said that skilled players in the NFL, I think are slowly just going to become everything like quarterbacks, like shown can be dual threats, running, catching, uh, wide receivers that are able to do trick plays and throw. For example, Mohamed Sanu does his charity flag football and he plays quarterback and does great. Um, mm-hmm. Or running backs that on trick plays can throw for 15 yards. Like, mm-hmm. I th- 
I've been saying that, well, even tight ends too, that a lot of offensive skill players are just going to become all-around players that can play any position, but still obviously quarterbacks are going to be quarterbacks. They're going to still stay at their position, but when needed to have the skill set to play outside of their comfort zone. Now, do you think it now it then becomes that um, that NFL scouts are going to focus on what they call athlete uh, positions in college? Because you'll recruit guys. Normally, when a college recruits a, a, a kid out of high school, he's a he's a two he's a two way player. He plays offense and defense. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that the NFL scouts then focus more on those types of players that say, "Oh, hey, this guy has a gun," but he plays wide receiver, kind of like a Terrell Pryor. Do you think maybe Terrell Pryor gets a couple more shots at playing a quarterback type position or something like that? Um, I wouldn't necessarily. Well, saying Terrell Pryor is, I don't know, for me, I've never really liked Terrell Pryor as a quarterback. I never did, even watching tape now. Um, but I, I, I don't really know because, like, my high school, even though we're our terrible our, our football program is terrible. Um, every kid plays two-way position. Well, our homecoming game against some school that destroyed us, sixty-four to zero. Yeah, that let that sink in. Um, their kick returner is the same mm-hmm. person as their free safety, and their free safety is also the same person as their quarterback. Oh wow! That kid is. I didn't see him on the sideline once except for during the uh, halftime performance. That was it. Hmm. That's crazy. He's insane. And I honestly was kind of rooting for him because that's a lot of effort and commitment to do that much. And for a player like him, say he makes it to a good college program and is scouted by the NFL – I yeah, I think they'll look for players like that that have that history – but if he's playing, uh, I would say, safety in college, I, th- I think he's going to be looked at more as a safety. But um, I'm sure for Wildcat plays, you know, teams that run Wildcat, uh, if they can throw a safety back there that can run because uh, he does kick returns. Or, uh, yeah, if he can throw the ball every once in a while. Yeah, I think that's what they'll look for, especially if those kind of plays are in their system. Yeah. Um, so – Another thing that's happening in the NFL right now, um, on top of rookie quarterbacks, Josh Rosen was just announced this week as the starting quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals after Sam Bradford, who hasn't been playing terribly. Um, he's not exactly playing well, though, either. The uh, Arizona Cardinals are 0-3. Do you agree with how they brought in Josh Rosen? No, not at all. <laughs> um I was watching the Bears-Cardinals game, and uh, at first, the end of the first quarter, I was surprised as all hell to see the Cardinals winning 14-0, to but then everybody knows how that went. Mm-hmm. Um, but for them to throw Josh Rosen in that late in the game, running two-minute drill against basically Khalil Mack surrounded by 10 other guys um, – I don't think that's the right way to introduce a um, rookie quarterback and then go on to name him your starter. I think what Cleveland did was perfect. Yes. Yeah. Cleveland at least had like, at least Terrell Pryor or yeah, Terrell Pryor, Tyrod Taylor went out. 
Um, he was he was concussed. They brought him. They brought in Baker. Baker did fantastic, and they were just like, okay, we're going to stick with him. What they did with Josh Rosen down in Arizona. Now, by the way, I am not a Josh Rosen fan. Um, everything that's come out about him, I don't like him. Um, but I will never root for somebody to fail outside of Tom Brady. I've said this. So I'm strictly talking a couple times. Um, but I I will always root for Tom Brady to fail. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Obviously. But Sam Bradford this year had had yet to throw a touchdown until week three. Um, they had yet to score a touchdown Arizona uh, till week three. They lost to the Rams uh, and in Los Angeles, thirty-four to nothing, and then at home to Washington, twenty-four to six, week one. Um, but statistically, he was not doing terrible. He was twenty for thirty-four with one hundred and fifty-three yards week, week one and an interception, and then seventeen for twenty-seven. Uh, 90 yards passing and one interception. And then finally, before he got pulled from the game week three, 13 for 19, 157 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. So he wasn't terrible. But the fact is, yes, you brought in a rookie quarterback to face Khalil Mack. Like, and we'll get into the Raiders. Um, (laughs) But they – they set this kid up for failure coming into that game. So now you look at it and it begs the question, did they make the right decision? I still think that they should have just fed Sam Bradford to the wolves. I don't think Josh Rosen's ready. I mean, he turned the ball over twice um, in two minutes, which again, granted he was part of a two minute drill with Khalil Mack, but it's still, that's the kind of competition you're going to face in the NFL. That's exactly what's going to happen. So, I don't know if they did the right thing. And looking at the schedule, the Cardinals are home to the Seahawks. And if we saw anything last week, it was that Earl Thomas, even though he is not practicing, can still fucking ball. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I'd love Earl Thomas. I've always said that. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, he's playing insanely for – all the stuff that he's been going through with the Seahawks. Yeah. Well, and all the stuff that the Seahawks are going through, they are a terrible team right now. Um, Oh, 100%. But I mean, Tyler Lockett's at least coming through for him and everything like that. But um, so yeah, Josh Rosen, it's, it's to be seen. We don't know. Baker Mayfield at least came out and he shelled out and he earned that job. But now Josh Rosen, uh, and that's another question. Does, do the Arizona Cardinals keep Sam Bradford? Because what's the point? You already started your rookie. So now what's the point of having Bradford there? Yeah, you're paying a 20 – it's a $20 million backup. Yeah, which, I mean, the only backup that should be making money like that at all is Nick Foles, who won a Super Bowl. Like, let's not get it twisted. That's the only reason that he should ever make that kind of money as a backup ever. Yeah, he's the most overqualified backup right now. Yes. But um, moving on, there's one more rookie quarterback that is starting right now, and that is Josh Allen, who during the first two weeks of the season did not play well at all. Had, I think, maybe a completion percentage of like 51%. Something like that, yes. But then last week comes out, and lays the hammer down on the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, they go into Minnesota and said, 
hold my nuggets, uh, suck my dick. And <laughs> there's going to be a lot of chiseled Adonis references in this episode just because I've been watching his game commentary a lot lately. Um, but goes in, leads the Buffalo, the winless Buffalo Bills into Minnesota, wins 27 to 6, goes 15 for 22, 196 yards and a touchdown, but then also runs for 10 times for 39 yards and two touchdowns so josh allen pretty much said i'm gonna put the team on my back because there's no other weapons in this offense so it begs the question of is josh allen legit like do we see josh allen as legit now his completion percentage last game 68.18 before that week one 40 percent and week two 54.55 um i think that josh allen at least this year is going to have a lot of completion percentage issues. Like, they're always going to be low. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think – I mean, he's on the Bills, too, so it's really hard to see if he's legit. I mean, he played phenomenally. I mean, he hurdled – I can't remember who it was. I'm pretty sure it's Anthony Barr. Yeah, Anthony Barr. Yep, A.B. Yeah. Um, and for him to go to a powerhouse team like Minnesota, who's taking on the Rams this week, by the way, Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, yeah, they are on Thursday night football. Yes. For them to go to Minnesota and take down that team who I want to say, as you guys know, I'm a Packers fan. We tied the Vikings only because neither of our kickers could make anything. And now the Vikings have Dan Bailey, and that's not good. But um, for the Bills to be as bad as – they were for Vontae Davis to retire at halftime. Um, So great. So great. (laughs) To go and beat Kirk Cousins Vikings is insane to me. Uh, I kept, I wasn't watching the game, but I was, you know, checking on updates and it was blowing my mind every time I'm checking the score. Cause at one point they were up 24 zero, I believe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's insane. Against a team like Minnesota where the Bills yeah. defense is okay, the Bills offense is eh. The Vikings are supposed to be set at every position. Yeah, and that's the thing too is like it's not that it's not really that Josh Allen had a great game cuz he still had under 200 yards passing and he only had 242 all-purpose yards. So it's not that Josh Allen really set the world on fire. It's just the fact that the, I think the Vikings just got ahead of themselves. I think they were looking, they were looking past Buffalo. Um, They weren't exactly looking at them and trying to figure out a way to stop them. And, and I think that was their downfall. I mean, right now this is their, this is their roster. Um, on the receiving end, Zay Jones and Kelvin Benjamin are their are their top two receivers. Zay Jones, six receptions, 106 yards. Um, so that's through three games. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I agree. I think they looked at the Bills as an easy win. They're just like, all right, we'll just go out there and play and win. I, I'm pretty sure they didn't see them as a concern. Um, and. Yeah, it's probably what it is, is just lack of preparation. They weren't ready. Um, They thought they were that good that they didn't need to 
focus on a winless team. And uh, yeah, like you said before, that raises the question, is Josh Allen a legit quarterback? Over time, yes. Right now, he's doing good for the team that surrounds him. Yeah, and here's here's the next thing. Um, so, Kelvin Benjamin, six six receptions and 58 yards through three games. That's depressing. Like, it is. What happened to Kelvin Benjamin that he is not able to break free with Josh Allen, who has a cannon of an arm, um, mm-hmm. and he can't even get it to Kelvin Benjamin down the field. Their second leading receiver, Chris Ivory, has four receptions, 100 yards mm-hmm. for three games. Now, Shady McCoy is supposed to be back this week. That should, should help them. But at the same time, they don't really have an offensive line. Um, and it, it, it's hard to put your faith in a team that can't protect its quarterback, let alone protect its running backs, let alone get the ball down the field. I mean – We'll talk about it with uh, – the same thing goes with Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott has had nine straight games of under 200 yards passing. You can't win in the NFL like that. No, you cannot. And that's why – I've said this since Dak was a rookie, even when he was playing, quote-unquote, phenomenally. I, th- I still think that Dak Prescott is a joke as a QB. And um, I've gotten in arguments with people that watched him in college and uh, – that watch him now as Cowboys fans. And I'll tell them till I'll say it to them till I'm blue in the face. Dak Prescott is a joke of a quarterback in this league. You can't play like that and put, you can't give the ball to Ezekiel Elliott every single chance you can get or throw it for three yards and expect to win games. And here's the thing too. In 2016, this was his best season as a quarterback, hands down. Still only had 229 yards a game. Mm-hmm. As a quarterback, passing 229.2 yards a game. 2017, he had 207.8. This year, this year, he has had 166 passing yards a game. That's that is terrible. That is mind-boggling. Like, let's be honest. Like, you can't. You cannot succeed. You cannot expect your team to succeed. Like that, whereas let's look at Ezekiel Elliott. He averages, uh, nope, nope, nope. I'm just not going to be able to find that one. Hold on, I'm looking for okay, yards per game. Ezekiel Elliott, 91 rushing yards a game. You mean to tell me that you guys are able to run the ball almost as much as you're able to pass the ball? Come on, this is a quarterback league. This is not a running back league. This is not the 80s. And for Jerry Jones to come out and say that Jason Jason Garrett has his vote of confidence yet again is mind-boggling because Jason Garrett has failed as a head coach. He has. It's to the point where Cowboys fans have created a petition to get rid of Dak Prescott and Jason Garrett. Both your quarterback, your supposed – Beloved quarterback that you were making fun of Tony Romo for for becoming a backup to Dak, and then your beloved head coach, and then the next year you're making a petition to get rid of him. It's kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, and Dak's touchdown to interception ratio two and two. Yeah, it's a one to one ratio. So it's it. 
Listen, Dak Prescott, I the only thing that is good about him is that he can run, doesn't much. So it's not like he's even expanding on a dual threat quarterback. He's he only has a little over seventy yards. Yeah, as, he's as a runner, like he has I think he has eighty five, eighty five yards in three games rushing. Um and oh by the way, he has 500 yards through three games. Yeah, that's... and I'm giving him two. I'm giving him two yards. <laughs> <laughs> he and... doesn't even have a flat 500. <laughs> no, and he's never gonna be, you know, that quarterback in my opinion. And um, no. unless he just explodes somehow, but I don't see that happening. Um, he's never gonna be a. I will even say it. He's never gonna be a 300 yard passing per game quarterback. Do you know Dak Prescott's real name? I can't remember it. Dakota, isn't it? Hmm. No, that's his middle name. I don't know his first name then. His he's pulling a Matt Stafford on us. Oh, okay. Yeah. So his middle name is Dakota. Mm-hmm. His first name is Rain. Oh yeah, that's right. It is Rain. I didn't know that. Rain Dakota Prescott, why do you sound like the biggest bitch in the NFL with that name? He sounds like the leader out of sorority. I don't know why, but yes, um... yes, he sounds like he sounds like one of those girls that like he sounds like a porn star. He sounds like a female porn star. It's me, Rain Dakota, and then just like three black guys walk out. But... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's a man. It's a man dingo party. Speaking of porn stars in NFL, uh, Kiara Maya's boyfriend, Jimmy G, tore his ACL. Are they, um, ex- are they exclusively dating, or they just, like, go out and he, like, kind of... No, I think... Well, he's not really doing anything at this point. He's not going out of anywhere because he's not able to walk. Um, Jimmy, Gar- Jimmy Garoppolo tore his ACL out for the year. Um, do you see the 49ers try to make a move for Nick Foles? Um, no... And yes, because there's several different um, options that are out there. I, I do see a Nick Foles situation, but. Um, okay, let they, me play likely unlikely with you. Okay. Let me play likely unlikely. Likely or, un, uh, or which one is more likely? Let's put it that way. Right. Which one's more likely? They trade the Eagles for Nick Foles or they sign Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick. Oh, well, yeah. Training or trading for Nick Foles. That's. 100%. Okay. But. My thing is, is that they, two hours ago, reported they have no plans to sign a quarterback out of free agency this week, even though they were working out um, Tom Savage, uh, TJ Yates, and a couple others. Oh, my God. TJ Yates again. And Tom Savage, both of them. Tom, I'm not very savage. <laughs> so what my thing is, is that CJ Beathard is their starter now. That's what they have mm-hmm. announced. We saw how this went last year. He went one and four. Um, I no, I don't see. I don't see them trading um, for Nick Foles uh, mm-hmm. based on that report alone. But trade deadlines in a, what five weeks away? Yeah, it's five weeks. So they'll see how it goes with CJ Beathard. Um, I mean, obviously, J- James Winston is also an option, but I don't see them doing that. 
Um, do you see that? Okay, now let's also do a likely or more likely trade for Nick Foles or a trade for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, see, I, I, had, because, I had an interesting theory about the Fitzpatrick situation because okay. Ryan Fitzpatrick is doing phenomenally. Obviously, he did. He has some dumb, like, there's a lot of wrong decisions made in that Steelers game. But um, he's doing phenomenally. He's, uh, what, uh, 1,300 yards or something like that right now? 1,230, uh, it's, I think? It, it, it's something around there, yeah. I'll look yeah. it up quick. But my theory is is that this year's draft has decent quarterbacks. So mm-hmm. I think – I don't know if this will happen because it sounds kind of dumb, but what the Bucks can do is if they don't trade away James Winston and he's still playing like trash, and if they draft a quarterback because it's been said by – well, not by the team, but um, I personally don't think that Winston is the future of that team. Um, if they draft a quarterback and Winston's still not doing good, trade him and then have like a Josh McCown uh, – Sam Darnold type situation with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Okay. That's- I mean, that makes sense. And and Fitzpatrick is sitting at 1,230 yards on the year, seven touchdowns, four inter- or 11 touchdowns, four interceptions, excuse me. Wow, I said um, 1230. I was on the dot. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, it, it's, yeah. He's, let, let, let's, let's call, let's call him what he is. He's a temporary starter. Fitzpatrick, we all know, eventually will fizzle out. And we saw it start to happen at the beginning of the Steelers game and then somehow comes back and still throws for 411 yards. He is, he is the only quarterback in NFL history to have three, three consecutive games of 400 passing yards to start a season. Mm-hmm. Um, he, has, he has been electric. And I know because I watched him play my Philadelphia Eagles – there's not much you can do right now. Fitzpatrick is going to be Fitzpatrick until he's not mm-hmm. like he's going to go from Fitz magic to Fitz tragic. And I think Jameis Winston is going to be the starting quarterback of that team by week six. I don't think it, I think he's going to have a little bit of a leash Fitzpatrick will um, coming up, but I don't think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be long enough. Um, who do they play this week? They play, the Bears. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, 100% they're losing that game. Yeah, I don't think – well, it depends on how Mitchell Tr- Trubisky plays. We've seen Mitchell Trubisky not be able to uh, mature fast enough in that offense because that defense is winning them games right now. Mm-hmm. Mitchell Trubisky needs to step up and be the quarterback that the Bears need him to be because right now they only have 63 points for. So – They've only scored 63 points on the year. That's an average of 21 points. They're averaging 21 points a game. Um, where the Whereas the Buccaneers, wherever they might be on this list, there they are. The Buccaneers have averaged uh, a lot more. <laughs> 34 points a game. They're averaging 34 points a game. Here on in the huddle, we don't use specific numbers. We use terms like <laughs> a lot more. Well, it, I had to do quick mental math, and as I was talking, English and math don't cross each other very well in my brain. 
I can either do math, I can do English. I can't do both. It's <laughs> I needed that quick second to divide 102 by three. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so like the Buccaneers have been one of the more explosive teams in the NFL. Now, will that continue? Only time will tell. But uh, I do believe that the Niners are going to need a quarterback back all the way to where we started this part of the conversation. CJ Beathard didn't do terrible last year, but he had a four to a four to six touchdown to interception ratio. And he, he's just, he's just not that great. 1,430 yards and five starts mm-hmm. or in a, or in seven games, five starts. So he played seven games. He was at, he averaged two Oh four a game. So it's better than Dak Prescott. Fair. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Very fair. And would I love to see CJ Beathard be the starting quarterback of the Redskins outside of Alex Smith? You're fucking right. I would, but guess what? I get stuck with Alex Smith twice a year, the most efficient quarterback in the NFL. Um, But we're going to go to something that's not very efficient, and that is the Oakland Raiders pass rush. And why is it not efficient? Because Khalil Mack is in Chicago. <laughs> because John Gruden is a fucking idiot. That's why. Oh, God. Gruden, after the first game, came out and said, we need pass rushers. You just got rid of the best one in the league. Yeah, he, he – says that good pass rushers are hard to find or a pass rusher is hard to find. Huh. You Maybe got rid you of just one. traded him across the fucking country. <laughs> yeah, you fucking idiot. Like I All right. We're going to give John Gruden the first ever in the huddle <laughs> award. <laughs> Didn't know that was a thing, but I'm I'm down for it. John Gruden has won the first ever duh award. Yeah, pass rushers are hard to come by. Duh. You should have never traded the one that you had. Who is the best in the league? Because right now, right now, Khalil Mack has four sacks in three weeks. Do you know how many sacks the Oakland Raiders have in three weeks? Fucking three. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen so many posts. He has a – him alone. Khalil Mack, who has a fucking better... ter- he terrifies me being a Packers fan because he's here just as long as Aaron Rodgers' contract is. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it so much, but he alone has better stats than the entire Raiders defense. He hold on, hold on. You keep talking about how great Khalil Mack is. I need to look up something. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't want to talk about how great he is, but I will. Um <laughs> Okay, during the Packers game, uh, when like the week one game when Rodgers got hurt and Khalil Mack, what a play later, got a uh, sack fumble on Deshaun Kaiser, which was barely a fumble. He just took the ball from his hand, mm-hmm. and I believe ran it back for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I went yeah. fuck because I knew how he played in Oakland, and when I saw he got traded to Chicago. I was pissed. I was like, oh, well, there goes my season because I knew that Rodgers would get hurt. Obviously, Rodgers came back and they won that game some fucking how. But Rodgers, the next week, had to play on his bum knee, tied against the Vikings. Next week after that, had to play on his bum knee, lost to the Redskins. 
Don't ask me how we lost to the fucking Redskins outside of Alex Smith and Adrian Peterson, who apparently had a second coming from God. Yeah, AP has been <laughs> killing it. I was yeah. so wrong about AP, but we'll jump to him. Okay, ready? Ready? Yes. ready? Are we ready for this? This is breaking news. Khalil Mack has, it has the same amount of interceptions as the whole Oakland Raiders defense. He has one, and he returned it for a touchdown, which is better than the whole Oakland Raiders defense. They have one. For a touchdown. Also, he has more forced fumbles than the whole Oakland Raiders defense. He has three. They have one. Khalil single-handedly said, you can go fuck yourself because I am that good. John Gruden needs to just take his Gruden grinder and grind himself back into that Monday night football commentary team because that's the drizzling shits and just camp out there. Take your $100 million, retire, and just stay in the commentary booth. I thought that Gruden might be able to lead this team. Boy, was I wrong. Yeah, Jack Del Rio was way better, in my opinion. Oh, my God. This... This was so bad. And Derek Carr, now we had said Derek Carr is just not going to be the same quarterback. And boy, were we right, because Derek Carr has yet to show that he's able to come back and play quarterback again. Uh, speaking of Derek Carr. Um, mm-hmm. Derek so, Vehicle. Obviously, we said on the show that we're, <laughs> that we're not going to really get into the politics of football. Um, mm-hmm. But we can all agree as NFL fans, this roughing the passer call is ruining games. Well, you know what? I was watching, I was watching the Monday night football game. I'm, I'm going to cut you off on that because even the refs looked annoyed throwing the flag. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, Stephen Tuitt, when he got his roughing the passer call, the ref threw the flag and he's standing there and he goes, personal foul. Roughing the passer, number 91 defense, 15-yard penalty. Like, he was so annoyed. You could see it in his face. Nobody wants to be calling this. And now, thank God, the con- the competition committee is finally getting together to freaking do some – hopefully do something about this. Yeah, and not only is it ruining the game and it's determining the outcome of games because, um, I mean, it's shown everywhere, but – especially from a Packers fan perspective. Clay Matthews is it's, getting fucked. He's getting fucked 100%. Royally fucked. And like, like double penetration in the ass, no loop. Like that is exactly what is happening right now. This is like porn star level, uh, level of banging. To quote Joe Thomas, because <laughs> this man is like, I don't know, he's doing great while being retired. Yeah. To quote him, basically... Clay Matthews must owe Roger Goodell like ransom money or something because for Clay Matthews to make perfectly clean textbook tackles, especially against the Kirk, uh, against Kirk Cousins, and then gets hit with a roughing the passer call is ridiculous. And then for him, for him to talk to Alex Smith and Alex Smith to agree with him, that just shows that there's something wrong. 
Well, not only that, but like Gerald McCoy, defensive tackle of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he was mic'd up Monday night against the Steelers, and he sacked he, – he hit Big Ben, just hit him a step and a half after Big Ben threw the ball, and he had to apologize. He was apologizing, my bad, Ben, my bad, Ben, as Ben was going to the ground. Yeah. And they called him for roughing the passer. Like, this has got to stop. It is so annoying. Like, I was in the press box – with Chris Myers and Daryl Johnston uh, Sunday afternoon. And they were even, they were discussing it before the game about roughing the passer. And they were annoyed. The commentators are annoyed. We're annoyed as fans and broadcasters. The, the players are annoyed. The referees are annoyed. And sooner or later, yes, there are, there's been a spike in ratings this year. Sooner or later, that's going to fall if they keep this up, like they have to understand that. Yes. We want to see the best quarterbacks play. We don't want to see them treated like little infants. Yeah. And here's the thing in that Steelers game against the bucks. Mm -hmm. uh, Jason Pierre Paul's penalty where big Ben like flopped. Basically he, he LeBron. Oh Um, yeah. He did. He went on to admit that he sold it. A bit. Yeah. Oh, just a bit. Just a bit. That's what he says. Just for that call. Like, when you as a quarterback, and you and I have, I I shouldn't say hated, because Big Ben does, you know, he gets respect as a QB, but. um, Tom Brady gets respect as a QB, and I hate him. I don't like Big Ben. I don't like him. He's, he's, He's getting to that Tom Brady level of quarterback that I am just starting to despise. And I agree with you there. I'm saying, okay, we'll say Big Ben two years ago for me because I was like, okay. But when you take advantage, when you start flopping in the NFL, leave, quit, retire, fake an injury and get put on IR, and I don't, I don't care. Get off the field, honestly. If you're going to take advantage of a person doing their job and you find a loophole to get – extra yards that you couldn't get yourself get off the field absolutely i agree but that's the name of the game it's all about it's all about exploiting that kind of stuff that's why you see quarterbacks pass when there's defensive holding to that receiver because they know that they'll get the pass interference call or yeah that's um, that's football like you though yeah i mean and and to be fair that is big ben using football iq he's exploiting a rule that got him 15 yards. Any quarterback's going to do it as long as this rule exists. But speaking of IR and players that are going to be off the field, breaking news. <laughs> um, yeah, I, we don't have a soundboard, motherfuckers. Like, listen. <laughs> we would if we, have- we lived closer than like 400 miles away. It's way more than that. But <laughs> It is way more than that. But, yeah. Um, breaking news, though. Uh, Bleacher Report just reported this about a half hour ago. Akeem Talib is uh, going to to the injured uh, injury reserve with an ankle injury and will have surgery tomorrow. Therefore, Akeem Talib, I believe, is out for the year. And what do you think that does to the Rams? Um, to be honest, um, I don't think it does a whole hell of a lot. The Rams, I will say right now, they are undefeated for a reason. They are the most complete team in the NFL. And that's ahead of my Eagles. They have the most complete team in the NFL. 
because their defense is stacked. Their offense is loaded. Um, it, it, it does bother me a little bit because my, Marcus Peters is out too. He is not, he's not coming back, I don't think, for another two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I could be wrong. I could actually be wrong on that. I'm going to look it up now. But outside of that, their next corner is Sam Shields. And that's a, that's a pretty big drop off. Like, yeah, it's young going... Sam Shields. Hell yeah, Sam Shields now. Hell no. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's Sam Shields, and then you have a guy named Nickel Robbie Coleman, mm-hmm. um, and Troy Hill. Those are your those are your cornerbacks on the on the Los Angeles Rams right now. Well, Nickel um, Robbie Coleman isn't terrible, right? But it it, it is a drop off from Akeem Talib and Marcus Peters. Like, oh yeah, one hundred percent. I agree with that. He's he's beatable. He is beatable. Akeem Talib, he's getting up there in age, but he's still a very good press corner. Mm-hmm. Marcus Peters is not beatable. Marcus Peters is a fantastic ball player. So, yes, I think it's going to affect them a little bit, but at the same time, that offense is just – they are just amazing. Um, I'm looking it up now. Marcus Peters uh, – could play Sunday. It's going to be a game time decision, which we all know what that means. Most likely, he's not going to. At this point, I would say he's doubtful. Um, yeah, it's but, a Josh Gordon situation from last week. Yeah. Um. So we'll see. But man, the NFL has been crazy this year, and I, I don't even know where else to go after this. So I'm going to leave it up to you to choose our next topic because it's been crazy. Um. Well, Damien had a great opportunity last week um, to – I don't know how much he can talk about it. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I can talk freely about it. Okay. Um, he got to – Or whatever. <laughs> um, so our school, as uh, you guys know, we go to Phil Sale University. Um, like we said at the beginning of this episode, has its ups, has its downs. Um, but because we're students – uh, through this school, I obviously don't live close enough to any uh, NFL stadium where I would be. I would have this opportunity. Um, but Damien, however, got to. Well, I mean, he can tell you about it. He knows more than I do. He was there. <laughs> um, yeah. So this past Sunday, um, I was able to pretty much work for Fox Sports. Um, I was what they call a runner, which is pretty much everybody's bitch. Um, you just run and go get stuff. It's, Hey, you do it. Um, yeah, it it was, but you know what? It was, it was a rewarding experience. I got to work with Chris Myers and Daryl Johnston. Um, uh, the, my, uh, my contacts for Fox sports, they were the broadcast associates in June endo and Kevin Mallory. I want to say his name is, um, both of those guys treated me very well and, um, they were in the graphics truck. I was actually able to go up into the press box with the commentators and the cameramen and everything like that and, um, be around them. It was, it was a really, really cool experience. Um, you know, you, you got, I got to see what really happens during a game as they're calling it, the statisticians freaking out over, uh, over penalties or like writing down notes. Like there was a guy, uh, I called him the random stat guy because that's exactly what his job was. Um, he had a note card stack and I mean a stack uh, about five inches tall 
of just random facts. Like the, the top, I knew it was random facts because the top one said, if Nelson Aguilar catches eight passes today, then he is the first Eagle to ever catch eight passes in four consecutive games, including the playoffs. Like what the hell? That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, oh, nobody needs to know this, but fuck it. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, and it was all, and I saw a couple of the other note cards that I wasn't able to get to read them, but it all said, if, if this, if that, if this, if that, and it's like, Oh, well shit, I want that guy's job. All I have to do is look at weird numbers all day long and that's fine. Um, but to see the actual like science of how everything worked out um, was absolutely incredible. Plus, uh, once the game started, I really didn't have much work to do. All my work was done before the game. Once the game started, it was just like kind of sit back, relax, and just kind of keep giving, keep giving Chris Myers his iced tea. Or um, in the second quarter, I had to go get them lunch uh, from the cafeteria that was there. I had to go set it up for them because they only get five minutes to eat in between halves. Um, so yeah. Um, but I got to watch kind of how it was all put together, how they shot it all, got to ask a whole bunch of questions and everything like that. And then I got paid to watch my Eagles win. So all in all, it was a good day. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, hopefully, uh, I don't know if, well, cause we'll still be in college, obviously next season, if that'll be an opportunity. Um, well, I, I know, I know that, they, I haven't heard anything from Gus, our course director, um, as of the second half of the season, but I do have one more game that I'm doing, and that's the October 7th game, which is Philadelphia versus Minnesota. Oh. So I think I'll be working with Joe Buck and Aikman. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I to work with another fucking cowboy. Um, Woohoo! <laughs> um, but yeah, so that one will be that one will be a lot more interesting to see if I can talk. I got to, uh, I actually got to meet Merrill Reese, the radio commentator for the Eagles, which is if anybody else was watching any of the highlight videos, like I did. Um, he's the guy that called the, uh, that had the call for the Super Bowl when the Eagles won. He goes, Philadelphia, this one is for you. That's Merrill Reese. Um, buttery smooth voice about cream myself while, when I met him. Um, I'm pretty sure that if this ever gets to him, I will never be able to show my face again, but uh, <laughs> he was, he was awesome. Um, I had a lot of good insight that day and I cannot wait to go back uh, next week and do it again. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was more than excited when you text me a picture of you at the broadcast booth. Um but if we do get the opportunity next season, 100% I'm taking advantage. Whether I have to drive five hours or not, I'm taking advantage of it. Um, yeah, I was going to say at that point, just try to find a hotel or something. Because I might actually do that next weekend is just rent a hotel, get a hotel room. Because that was a long day. Like, I was awake for 20 hours that day. It was a long day. Because Philadelphia is two hours from my house. Well, no, so, I, I have family that live in, that lives in Green Bay. It's just that at the point that the opportunity was given to us, I was like, I don't have a car, so uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but no, other than that, uh, obviously, we'd want to try to keep you guys updated with the everything the NFL up to up from our last episode. But it's been almost a month. Um, as you said before, we're happy to be back. Hopefully nobody ends up in the hospital or um, hopefully 
we can do this weekly now. Um, we've been <laughs> yeah, trying- I don't know. The sports production class, I don't know if you've looked at it yet, but it's a pain in the ass already. <laughs> I mean, I looked at it and it doesn't look that bad, really. I hated yeah, the last well, class. <laughs> yeah, well, this one looks about as, t- as time-consuming, if not more. Look at the actual assignments, bud. Sure. <laughs> but, yeah, so hopefully we'll be able to do this a little bit more weekly. Um, I do believe that it is time for us to wind down as we're almost at that hour mark. So, Michael, where can everybody find you? Um, the best way to reach me uh, is through Twitter. Uh, at it's Michael P. Uh, as it's been said before, uh, I've been doing Twitch streams almost daily. Um, me and Damien took a break for a while doing our franchise stuff, but um, my Twitch is also in the uh, show description. Um, Damien, where can they find you? Uh, Yeah, you can follow me at Damien underscore Miller. Also, make sure you follow my other podcast, Strictly Talking, um, at Strictly underscore Talking. Uh, We do two podcasts. uh, Pretty much we record two podcasts in one night. Um, We do an entertainment portion where we review albums, music, uh, music albums, that one, um, movies, uh, video games, stuff like that. We have more of a uh, broad discussion and then we do a sports podcast where we cover pretty much everything. NBA, NHL, golf is probably going to come up later on uh, this week for that one because Tiger Woods finally won another major. Um, but, yeah, so we do a lot of fun stuff over there, so make sure you follow Strictly Talking. Subscribe to that. Also, if you find this on iTunes or any other podcast service that has a rating service, please rate and review. It doesn't matter what you say in the review. You can tell us that we can fuck ourselves, but as long as you give us five stars, uh, we're going to be happy with it. So um, please do that because it helps to expand, um, expand our audiences and stuff like that. Also share on Twitter, share on Facebook, all that kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, So yeah, uh, I think that's it. So this is going to be the most awkward show ending of all time, but uh, (laughs) For Michael Phillips, my name is Damian Miller. This has been In the Huddle. Thank you all for listening so much. And until next week or possibly next time, take care, stay safe. We love you all.